This is the Freddie and Harry podcast on ESPN Radio. As of right now, Justin Fields is the quarterback of the Chicago Bears. We don't know how much longer that's going to last because everybody not named Matt Eber, who's the head coach, was let go. The offensive coordinator, Lugetti, gone. Andrew Janenko, the quarterback's coach, out. Wide receivers coach, Ty Tolbert, see you. After extensive meetings the previous two days, sources told ESPN and other outlets that those three coaches, the offensive coordinator, the quarterback's coach, and the wide receivers coach, gone, but they're going to keep Matt Eberflus. Ryan Poles, Bears general manager, why keep him and why not go after Jim Harbaugh out there for the Michigan Wolverines? Everything I talked about in the beginning, just in terms of his leadership and stability, I really think that the head coach needs to be able to captain the ship when the seas are storm or the, when the seas have storms and really keep everything settled. When you go through hard times and you can keep everyone together, to me, that's like the critical piece uh, in a big in a market like this. Like you have to be strong. I mean, if he's jumping off the boat and everyone else starts jumping off the boat, it's a hot mess. So the stability was a big piece of it. If it's not for him, I really don't think that's the case. I think it starts to crumble. Everyone starts to do their own thing. So to me, that was a, a critical piece in this. Ryan, did, did you talk to Jim Harbaugh or his agent? And if not, why not? No, I haven't talked to Jim. Right. Did, did you? He was not a consideration. You, know, you did not see him as a... No, like I said, we're, we're going with Matt, and uh, I gave you the reasons why. I think go through, you know, I didn't, I didn't go talk to anybody. Okay. <laughs> um, I would think you would at least, even if no one had to know about it, so, well, somebody would figure out some kind of way, mm-hmm. but you at least have a conversation. <laughs> you at least have a conversation. We're talking about a guy that played at that, that it, within that organization, got actually drafted, just won a national championship, had major mm-hmm. success mm-hmm. in the National Football League, went to a Super Bowl, went to conference championship at the conference championship. So right. I, I don't know why you wouldn't give a guy like that a call or his representatives. Uh-huh. Eat of Tacos had a great tweet on social media, Coleman ESPN, and also HDogs83. He said, this would peed me off as of today rather than reacting to the news earlier today. I wanted to hear what Ryan Poles would say about Jim Harbaugh. And Ryan not even reaching out with a phone call pees me off as a Bears fan. Eat of tacos, if you listened to this show yesterday, I warned y'all, this is all the makings of Jim Harbaugh not even getting a phone call or being the Chicago Bears head coach. That kind of strong personality is something that Ryan Poles does not want. No matter what kind of pedigree, what kind of resume, that Jim Harbaugh is going to bring to the table. He's won at the University of San Diego. He's won at Stanford. He won at San Francisco. He just won a national championship with the Michigan Wolverines. But if you don't believe that you can have a guy on your same level, because the minute Jim Harbaugh gets to that organization, he is going to be the star of the Chicago Bears. And his way has shown that it has worked in the National Football League before Trent Baalke forced him out of San Francisco because he had the owner's ear. And we saw how that didn't end well for the San Francisco 49ers. Ryan Poles wants his guy. Just like Michigan, Jim Harbaugh's a Michigan man. Ryan Poles wants the Chicago Bears Ryan Poles man. And Jim Harbaugh need not apply for Ryan Poles. I think, you know what, there, there's something else we have to look into this as well because um, mm-hmm. I'm botching on the name right now. Used to be the commissioner of the Big Ten, who's now Kevin Warren. Kevin Warren. I wonder if they had conversations hmm. with Kevin Warren. Well, they they had to hmm. about Jim Harbaugh that led them to say, you know what? No, we're not going to even entertain that. But I don't. Hmm. I don't. Even then, though, when you look at the track record, 
the job is supposed to, you, you should want to get everything back on track in good standings where your team is competing and you have an opportunity to, number one, win your division, number two, you know, make a run in the playoffs, and then number three, contend for a Super Bowl. Right, right. When you look at Jim Harbaugh and the success that he's had everywhere he's gone, I don't know how you ignore that. Sometimes, they, you know, these, these front office executives, they get into these measuring contests, right? Absolutely. And that bothers me because at the end of the day, winning is the, is the most important thing, not your damn ego. Anytime you have yardstick measuring contests, it never works out for the organization, especially when you know you have that power, where your yardstick is the one that everybody's going to pay attention to when it comes <laughs> to Ryan Poles. Yeah, I said it out loud, and I don't care. Because that's what this – I don't want to say that's what this is, but to your point, Harry, how many times have we seen that? When yep. people allow their egos, they allow their agendas, they get into their feelings in a way, they're like, look, your yardstick may be bigger than mine, but I'm the one that got the main one. Well, we, t- we talk about two-story franchise. You look at the franchises. You look at the San Francisco 49ers when Jim Hubbard was there the first time uh, and how that happened. You mm-hmm. look at Jimmy Johnson when he was with the Dallas Cowboys. Absolutely. Right? And, and he l- won two and, Super Bowls. And luckily for the San Francisco 49ers, Kyle Shanahan came along and was able to get that team back to the Super Bowl, right? But the Dallas yeah. Cowboys, it, haven't, it hasn't worked out in, in their favor in, in getting to an NFC championship game at least. Sure, no doubt about that. But it still begs the question, what does this really mean for another guy, not Jim Harbaugh, since he will be somewhere else. He, he won't be at the Bears. He could still be in Michigan, highly unlikely, but he's going to be somewhere else. But if you're Justin Fields, what does this mean to you? Ryan Pauls issued a statement about that. Then check out the back and forth in terms of that number one pick that could involve Justin Fields staying or leaving. Now you said that you're going to look at all the options as it pertains to the number one pick. Are you? Can you say definitively is number one pick for the right price for sale? Again, I'll, I'm wide open to anything. So if someone wants to call me with an idea, that's fine. I'm, I'm open to it. Are you, follow, are you hoping to follow the same timeline? I know going into the combine last year it was made known that it would be it would be available if someone wanted to pay for it. Do you hope to have that same timeline by the end of February? It depends on what factors are in it, but in my mind right now, this, I'm going to take this all the way to April. Courtney Cronin, part of way, by, by the way, part of the best week on radio, best week ever each and every Sunday in ESPN Radio. She's the Bears reporter. Uh, she wasn't letting that go. Like, look, nope. you know, you're keeping Matt Eberflus. What does this mean for Justin Fields? And Ryan Poles was very non-committal, very political. You know, he, he didn't let anything out there what they're going to do, which is the smartest answer that he could give in terms of that. Well, I just think in these times where you look at offensive guys, right, in the National Football League, and you have a Ben Johnson who's the offensive coordinator for the Detroit Lions, you have a Jim Harbaugh who was an offensive guy who's with the Michigan Wolverines now at the time. You have a guy in Bobby Slowick, right, who's the offensive coordinator for the Houston Texans. And I love his growth from preseason to regular season to midseason to the end of the season and the way he's been able to call plays for C.J. Stroud and company. And then you look at a guy like Eric B. Enemy, you have all these offensive guys that you could have with either Justin Fields or a quarterback if you take them in the number one spot. But they decided to continue with Matt Eberflus. And I do got to give him credit because some of the things that Ryan Poles mentioned, that he didn't let the ship sail, right, through the windstorm. And he stayed the course, and those guys finished 5-3 and three and could have easily been 6-2 and two or 7-1 and one or 8-0 no if a few things go their way. But 
I, I just don't know who of quality is going to take that offensive coordinator job when mm-hmm. Matt Eberflus only has two years less left on his contract, and you don't know if there's stability there. He is Harry Dogs. I'm Freddie Coleman. Thanks for joining us on Freddie and Harry and ESPN Radio. But this is not even the biggest news of the day. With the Chicago Bears keeping Matt Eberflus the head coach or Pete Carroll being fired by the Seattle Seahawks. According to Chris Lowe, ESPN senior writer, Nick Saban, Alabama head coach, has just informed his team he is retiring from college football. Nick Saban, who won six national championships at Alabama, just led his Alabama team into the college football playoff semifinals where they lost to Michigan overtime. According to Chris Lowe, ESPN senior writer, reporting this three minutes ago, Nick Saban just informed his team in Alabama that he is retiring as head coach of Alabama football. I don't even know if I have the words. Like to like this week has been a a crazy week. Yeah. And we've had news every single day. This I would say is the last thing. I know we had Mike Vrabel being let go. Mm-hmm. Pete Carroll is now going to be in a front office role mm-hmm. for the Seattle Seahawks. This is the last thing. Wow. I thought we were going to be talking about today on this radio show or this week or this year in 2024 is Nick Saban retiring from college football. Now, is he retiring from college football or football as a whole? Well, he informed this team that he is retiring. Nick Saban seems to be the kind of guy based on our experiences with him, mm-hmm. what we've seen, what we heard. These are the kind of decisions that are not made in the heat of the moment. He didn't think about – he's been thinking about this, in my opinion, Mm. for more than a minute because there really isn't anything left for him to do. There's nothing else to prove. There's nothing else to prove because remember when people say, hey, you know, that that college football game's past Nick Saban by, they lose to Texas, and man, oh, man. And Nick Saban, with that football team, not only got them into the playoff, but they took down a Georgia team, beat all those ranked teams, gave Michigan all that before they lost that ball game. Michigan won that ball game. Alabama did not lose that ball game. I wonder how much the Nick Saban was thinking about this long before anything happened this season. He's the kind of man that says, you know what? I enjoy doing this, but at a certain point, I want to be with my family. He enjoys being a grandfather. We've seen how he's lit up anytime he's seen his grandkids, and he talks about them constantly. That is something he's like, look, if I'm going to continue to do this in a young man's game, that's taking time away from them. And I'm not willing to risk that. I'm not willing to do that. Especially, like you said, Harry, he doesn't have anything left to prove. There's nothing left to accomplish. Staying in the college game at the expense of his family or at the expense of his grandkids, that was not a trade, in my opinion, that he was willing to make. Okay, so now this throws a monkey wrench in a lot of things when it comes to coaching carousels. Mm-hmm. Because... We've heard rumblings over the last few years about um, potentially Mike Vrabel returning to Ohio State. Um, Who was the next guy at Alabama who's going to follow Nick Saban? Oh, I got a name for you right now. Talk to me. Dabble Sweeney. But see, let me me pause you one quick, Freddie. Mm -hmm. With Dabble's principles and what he doesn't believe in, Mm -hmm. I don't know if he's going to be able to have the success because Dabo doesn't believe in a transfer portal. We hear Dabo talk neg- neg- uh, negatively mm-hmm. about the NIL situation. Sure. So the money in Alabama to change your mind. <laughs> Being back home at the university he graduated from, 
But, Whereas but, a walk-on helped him win a national championship? I, That'll change a guy's mind. I, I, I get it. I get it. But we Dabble was making what? How much is he making a year right now? A lot of money. I think 10 or 11, <laughs> maybe more than that, a year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do we need to have it in writing that Dabo is going to get into that transfer portal? Because I got to give Nick Nick Saban credit. Absolutely. One of the things that he did a great job of is what Arthur Blank talks about in this book. You got to innovate continuously, right? Absolutely. So Nick Saban Mm -hmm. was able to adapt to the 2022, 2023, 2024 terms. Sure. Dabo Sweeney hasn't yet. I'm with you on that one. But going back home, the alma mater. Correct. Could change a lot of people's minds. And listen here, I said this. I said Dabo Sweeney. It may have been two years ago, maybe yes, you last did. year. It was and, two years ago. I remember. And somebody I don't can't remember who it was told me I was crazy when I brought that up. Was it Marcus told Spears? That, told me Dabo would never leave Clemson. Shoot, you get a chance to go back to Alabama, and let's be honest, Clemson and ACC, not exactly where the SEC is. Dabo can be able to get those kind of guys at Alabama, maybe even more so than he's getting those guys at Clemson. You can change that name when it comes to Nick Saban, the boss of all bosses in college football, because now that becomes the plum job in this country. It's not any NFL job. No, There's not any NBA job. There's not any college basketball job. There's not any Major League Baseball job that has that prestige right now. When it comes to Alabama football, I'm not even Notre Dame right now has the same prestige because what Nick Saban has done when he got there, you can't even qualify how much money he's made for that university ever since he got to Alabama after a six and seven first year. Then they just kept rolling, rolling, rolling. Hey, everybody, we just beat the hell out of you. People were tired of hearing that from Alabama fans because Nick Saban was kicking those behinds and taking names. That is the most prestigious job right now in sports. It's not the Cowboys. It's not the Yankees. It is that job right now because nobody saw this coming, Harry, like you said, of Nick Saban retiring when it seemed like he didn't give any indication no. that he was going to do anything like that. Man, I, I, and I, I'm trying to think of other guys that could potentially be the head coach at the University of Alabama, but Freddie, mm-hmm. I'm so in shock right now. I can't. I can't even think because yeah. this is the last thing I, I thought we would yeah. we would be experiencing today. Because sometimes you don't want to be the guy replacing the guy. Oh no, no hell, no, you don't. <laughs> you don't. You don't want to be like the, the after Bear Bryant. You don't want to be the Ray Perkins to that mm-hmm. when it comes to Alabama and Bear Bryant. I wouldn't want to be the guy replacing Dabble Sweeney at Clemson if he decided to leave. I wouldn't want to be the. Good luck to the guy trying to replace Jim Harbaugh at Michigan when he decides to leave especially what he's done for Michigan football and revitalizing that. I love you, Coach. I love you, man. It's probably going to be Sharon Moore. It should be Sharon Moore. I love you, Coach. He's a Michigan man. We did this for you. (laughs) For you, Coach. Wow. All that crying, all that nonsense. I got to give him credit, though. Me too. They won a national championship. The man called some plays. The man coached his tail off when he had to be the head man while still calling plays. So (laughs) even though he had that little crying debacle, that little spell, I love you, man. Uh Uh, I'm going to forget all that, Coach. You did a hell of a job. I got to give credit what credit is due. Weighing on Nick Saban, retiring as head coach of Alabama, according to Chris Lowe, ESPN senior writer. He just informed his team, Nick Saban, Alabama head coach, that he's retiring let us know your thoughts about that in the Dr. Pepper call in line at triple eight say ESPN eight 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 seven two nine three seven seven six. He's Harry Douglas and Freddie Coleman together on Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio. You 
put something in my head because you know it's going to call about that job when it comes to Alabama. Talk to me. Lane Kiffin. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know Lane Kiffin is on the line He don't have right no now. problem with the transfer portal. Oh, God, no. Uh, um, Lane, Lane Kiffin, you know. Go get, they, better man, go, they better go get prime time. His phone melted Woo! in his hand could you imagine, when he heard that. Could you imagine Deion Sanders in Alabama oh, and Tuscaloosa? I, 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 I don't think they want Deion Sanders. Well, I know that. I, I, I know that. I don't but, think Deion Sanders wants that either. And we know why. And we know why. But we'll leave it there. Here's something else. What is the Paul Feinbaum show going to sound like from now on? Ooh. All these Alabama fans that are strong and proud about their football team, and now, of course, everybody else, they call him Nick Satan in the SEC, but now the healing hands of Saban. I'm kind of sad, though, Freddie, honestly. Me too. Because because I, I, call, Texas, I come across yeah. football through and through, man, yeah. and, and – and, I embrace and love Nick Saban. I actually thought they were going to be Alabama because Nick Saban had a lot of time to prepare for that football Absolutely. game. Absolutely, like that's the power of a guy when you have a name as Nick Saban mm-hmm. in the history and things that you've been able to do when you was at Michigan State, when you was at LSU, now recently at Alabama before retiring, uh, notifying his team that he's retiring. Man, man, man! Wow, that's it. Devin Kane just got in my ear one of our producers, and he said. Brett McMurphy used to work for us, does a great job calling college, covering college football. He said a guy that could be a potential replacement, Dan Lanning, former Georgia assistant, Ooh. now the Oregon head coach, young enough, guy's now 40 years of age yet, knows the SEC corridors, how to recruit players. We've seen what he's done in Oregon, got Bo Nix to transfer from Auburn to go to Oregon. So a guy that could be a perfect successor, and you know it won't take much to get him back to go to the Southeastern Conference. Well, you know I know some people. i just seen Coach Lanning, and you know he's – I know some people that yeah. know some people. Yeah. I might need yeah. to make a little call to them yeah. people I know. Yeah, not for nothing. No, what Grandma say? Yeah. You might need to call, make yeah. a call to them peoples. Yeah. Not for call nothing. them peoples, boy. Yeah. Not for nothing. Dan Lanning Monday night, that suit was tight. It was. That he had. Had the kind of checkerboard. And he's taller and than I expected, too. I didn't realize he was this tall Dan Lanning, 6'2". Yeah, yeah that's, he, he's been like an NFL cornerback. Yep. Yeah, he, he, he's, not, he's not one of those small guys. No, he, he's a guy that when he gets to the weight room, he ain't there to talk. Call them peoples, boy. <laughs> <laughs> Steven in Alabama at 888-729-3776. Super Steve, what he got to say about Nick Saban telling his team, according to Chris Lowe, ESPN senior reporter, senior reporter excuse me, that he's retiring from being the coach of Alabama. What up, fellas? What's good, What's up, Steven? Steven? Hey, let me tell you this. I'm a diehard Auburn fan through and through, and I absolutely love this news. <laughs> I cannot be more happy about this news. Is it- I hate it for like college football because Dick Saban is a hell of a coach. But as an Auburn fan, I'm watching Alabama fans jump out the building as I drive down the interstate, <laughs> just losing their mind. Wow. That robbery goes 24-7. 365, because Auburn fans know that Alabama fans are jumping out of cars right now and jumping out of buildings. I'll give you another reason why he's happy that Nick Saban's retiring, because Auburn has not beaten Alabama lately. (laughs) Get him out of here. We've had troubles beating him. I'm I'm still in shock right now. You're not the only one. I really am. Twitter's gone nuts, by the way. Well, my my phone is blowing up. I probably got over 20. Six messages. Yep. Yeah, from people 26. saying, like, what's going on here? What the hell's going on? Mm-hmm. And, and all that stuff. Yeah, wow. Jeff in Pennsylvania, what he got to say about Nick Saban, according to Chris Lowe, ESPN senior writer, he is. He told his Alabama football team that he is retiring. Jeff in Pennsylvania, what you got? 
First of all, guys, I have spit out numerous drinks driving home from work <laughs> because I am laughing so damn hard at the stuff that comes out of you guys' mouth. I appreciate that more than you ever know. Appreciate so you. So thank you for that. I, I'm shocked at this. This guy is still, I, I think, at the top of his game. I think it's, it's, it's really sad that he is now leaving college football. You talk about iconic coaches, and Nick Saban is there. But on the flip side, I see Jim Harbaugh going to Alabama. Wow. Now that's a name I did not expect to hear it, about it, the Alabama job. It popped in my head. but I, but I But I – I don't know because you just won a national championship at Michigan as a Michigan man. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's your alma mater, and then you you still have an opportunity to go to the NFL, and you can have your pick of the litter of these teams. So, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I, I can't even imagine. I can't even imagine the process that you're going to have to go through if you're Alabama. Who do you find that's got to be the person to replace that guy? I know. At Nick, when it comes to Nick Saban at Alabama. It just gets more and more wild, period, end of story. According to Chris Lowe, ESPN senior writer, hit him on Twitter, CeeLo ESPN. He said, Nick Saban just informed his Alabama football team that he is retiring. I'm watching the Paul Feinbaum show right now. Chris Lowe's on with him. Paul Feinbaum looks like somebody told him there's no more Christmas anymore. Mm. Yeah, because he and Nick Saban, they've had that kind of love-hate relationship, but there's a lot of respect between both of those guys. Having that kind of college football iconic presence – no longer part of the best conference in the country, the SEC. A lot of people have plenty of things to say about that, including somebody who played college football and also has been administrator in the National Football League. We'll ask an FOS West for the show what he thinks about the latest involving Nick Saban retiring from Alabama, Pete Carroll being fired by the Seattle Seahawks, and the Chicago Bears keeping Matt Eberflus. He's Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie Coleman. Appreciate you joining us, Freddie and Harry. And this is ESPN Radio. The Freddie and Harry Podcast. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network. All lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Reggie White, who's a defensive end for the Green Bay Packers, says that the firebombing of his church in Knoxville, Tennessee this week was the work of racists who may have been trying to hurt him. First there was one fire, then there was another, then there was another. It wasn't just Reggie's church that burnt down. Hundreds of churches burned in the 90s. I think we have a major problem in our country that we don't want to admit, and that has to do with racism. Was this 1996 or 1956? 30 for 30 podcast and Antscape presents Through the Flames. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts. Death is the only punishment here. Now streaming, FX's Shogun. My master asks, what do you seek here? To vanquish our common enemies. Based on the global bestseller by James Clavell. War is coming. The epic saga of war, passion, and power. Let it come. FX's Shogun. Now streaming on Hulu.
According to Chris Lowe, ESPN senior writer, Alabama head coach Nick Saban just informed his team about 15, 20 minutes ago, give or take a minute or two, that he's retiring. That's according to Chris Lowe, ESPN senior writer. And if you check out social media or anything else, people are losing their minds about this information. Nick Saban, in 28 years of being a college football head coach at Michigan State, LSU, and Alabama, 297 wins, 71 losses, one tie, seven national championships, one with LSU and six with Alabama. But according to Chris Lowe, Harry Dulles, ESPN senior writer, Nick Saban, Alabama head coach, informed his team that he's retiring. Okay, first and foremost, this is a shocker on a Wednesday. Um, but like I mentioned earlier, Freddie, in another segment, all great things in life come to an end. Mm-hmm. And this epitomizes that entire sentence. And Nick Saban, who's been phenomenal for college football, seven national championships. But you talk about culture, right? You talk about you know, setting the tone, setting the table on what you want your program and the young men representing as student athletes to be. Nick Saban epitomizes that. And now that I had time, I needed a break, y'all, because I was such yeah, a shock right. to think about guys that could potentially, you know, be the next head coach at Alabama. And you have Dabo Sweeney at the top of that list. Mm-hmm. You have Steve Sarkeesian. We got to remember, Steve Sarkeesian just – you know, led Texas, the Longhorns, to a college football playoff appearance. Not to mention that football team went into Bryant-Denny Stadium this year and beat Alabama and played them at home in 2022 and literally should have won against the Alabama Crimson Tide in that matchup. He was once the offensive coordinator at Alabama. Uh, Dan Lanning at the, mm. at the University of Oregon mm. and the job he's been able to do there. And here's another kicker, too. Okay, Kalen DeBoer. And the way he's been able to build that Washington Huskies program led them to a national championship game before losing to Michigan um, in that matchup on Monday night in Houston. I was actually there. Uh-huh. And the last person I have is Lane Kiffin. Okay. And Lane Kiffin, the former assistant of, of Nick Saban as well. Lane Kiffin's probably already called Alabama four times. I know. They're probably like, new number, who this? He's like the annoying little <laughs> brother. Man, we, we, we hear you, Lane. All right, let us do our due diligence. <laughs> because remember, this is the same guy that when the Auburn job opened up, applied for that one. Mm-hmm. And he already had a job at Ole Miss, so believe me. His phone probably melted in his hand the minute that this news became public about Nick Saban retiring as head coach of Alabama. I, I can't even imagine what that process is going to look like if you're Alabama. Because unless they had an inkling – I'm sure their list started right now, or maybe it started yesterday. I have no idea. But he informed his team was retiring. I'm willing to bet that Nick Saban, the minute after he told his bosses, went and told his football team that this was going to happen. So if you're Alabama football, when for 17 years it's been this, it's been him, and he's lorded over college football, whether they won a championship or contended for championships, finding that replacement and everything that goes with it, on and off the football field, Alabama football, as hard as that job is going to be, that may be equally as hard trying to find the guy that you believe is the right guy to replace that guy, Nick Saban. Well, 100% because Nick Saban always had a standard, right? And, and what is our saying on this show? The standard is not compromised That's for right. anyone. Once the standard, the standard is set, mm-hmm. it is what it is. So yep. when you have a storied um, college program and the rich history that it has – dating all the way back to Joe Namath and company and Bear Bryant 
and those guys, and you have players on top of players, first round draft picks at the top, uh, first round draft picks, a lot of college assistants under Nick Saban leaving the program to go be head coaches elsewhere, and you see a lot of successful uh, men in doing so. Mm-hmm. That program means something. There's a reason why they went out and got a Nick Saban when that job was available. Right. And right? What are, yeah, because they want Alabama football to be Alabama football once again in yep. terms of not just being a team that could contend for championships, but that was going to win championships. But that's, but that's why it, it, they have to be careful, though, too. Absolutely. With this hiring. You just can't hire anybody. You, you have to literally think this thing through, who you want your next coach to be, because you, you want them to be able to potentially bring success to your program like a Nick Saban did. Mm-hmm. Because you're looking, for example – Ohio State with Ryan Day. He's lost three straight to Michigan. And people are thinking, maybe we need to find somebody else. And who did he follow up? Well, he followed a guy who never lost to Michigan, Urban Meyer at Ohio State. I'll never forget Jim Trestle got the job at Ohio State. The first time he had a chance to speak to the fans after he got the job at a basketball game, he said, you're going to be proud of our football team on and off the field, and you're really going to be proud of our football team 364 days from now. And everybody in that building knew what that meant. He said, my job is to beat Michigan. No matter anything else, that's job number one. When you get to Alabama, job number one is beat Auburn. But Nick Saban has changed that. Job number one in Alabama is you better win a national championship. You better be in the playoff. It's not just about beating your rival anymore in these times after what he's done for 17 years at Alabama. Freddie, something just dawned on me as we're talking about Ohio State and, you know, who Ryan Day followed. Urban mm. Meyer is a guy that I think still wants to coach. What do you what do you think Urban Meyer fits on this list? Because what you can't ignore with Urban Meyer is that he's won everywhere he's been mm-hmm. as a college coach. Not the National That's Football true. League right. in college. Urban Meyer wants back in to college football. If you're going to replace a Nick Saban, and if Dabble Sweeney, who, by the way, 54 years of age, so he's still more than young enough where he can still do that. But a guy like Urban Meyer, that job would be catnip for him, especially when he's been in Florida. He's been in Ohio State and won national championships yep. at both of those schools. That's a, that's a name. That's not a bad name. I just thought name. about it. because That's a great thought. Talking about Ohio State and, and what they were able to do before Ryan Day. And then mm-hmm. Urban Meyer, he's on the desk right now in the media doing his thing. And mm-hmm. it, 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 wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me if his name started coming up more when yeah. it came to this job opening. Yeah, that's a thought that should not just go away, especially with a guy like Urban Meyer. We're going to get to that along with other two, two other guys that nobody thought would not be having jobs at the beginning of the week. And now on Wednesday, Nick Saban retired from Alabama. Pete Carroll told the to go away by Seattle for 14 years. And Mike Vrabel fired yesterday by the Tennessee Titans after six years. We'll get to all that if you keep it here on Freddie and Harry. And this is ESPN Radio. The Freddie and Harry Podcast. Think about this the last 24 hours. Uh, Mike Vrabel fired by the Tennessee Titans. Ding. Pete Carroll told earlier today by the Seattle Seahawks that you can stay at the team, but not as a head coach, but as an advisor. Ding, ding. And then topping all of that, not even 40 minutes ago, according to Chris Lowe, ESPN senior reporter and writer, Nick Saban informed his team in Alabama that he is retiring after 17 years 
and six national championships. Ding, ding, ding. Three for three, Freddie. That's right. Let's bring the guy who always rings that bell. He is Lewis Riddick, ESPN NFL front office insider. Great follow on Twitter at L Riddick ESPN. And Lou, I'm going to start right there with Nick Saban. 17 years, 28 years of college football, almost 300 wins, seven national championships. He told his team he is retiring. Go. Yeah, man, it's a, it's a shock. It's a shock only because you're talking about a guy who right now is as sharp as a tack. He has rebuilt that program to be a perennial powerhouse year after year. He reshapes the program year after year in terms of the schemes, the strategies, the tactics that he uses to win. He's adapted with the game as the game has changed on the field. He's adapted with the game as the game has changed off the field. And it's changed dramatically. And I'll tell you what, in that respect, I wonder at this point, because of just how much college football is an absolute, just wild, wild West show, I wonder if Nick is saying, look, at this point, look, I, I just don't know if I want to deal with that. And I'm not saying that he, that he does or doesn't. I'm just saying I wonder if at this point he's, you know, he's made enough money to – to buy his own small island, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm just wondering if he feels as though it's worth it at this point, you know, given, you know, how old he is at this point and how much this time, energy, and effort he puts into and has put into over the years building this program to where it is right now. And, I mean, that's all just – those are the kind of things we'll debate and talk about from now until, you know, he has – you know, he shed some further light on that subject. But – Whenever guys like this, whenever titans of the game leave the game, you can't help but feel a void. You can't help it. Now, I understand that it ushers in and gives another spot now to, or not another opportunity now to an up-and-comer to kind of, you know, forge their own path and, you know, and try and emulate guys like this. But when these kind of guys leave, it, it really is, for me, especially in this particular case, it, it feels like a little bit of a gut punch. Not in a negative way, but just in a sad way because, look, I was coached by the guy, okay? So for me, it's a little bit different. And I have a personal history with him, a very personal history with him, being that my football career in the NFL took off when I was coached by him. And when I was coached by him and Bill at the same time, when Bill was the head coach and Nick was the coordinator and secondary coach. And the reason why I have such a, an affection for him and a, and a level of respect for him is because I went full circle with him from coming into Cleveland. And Nick was, if you think Nick is intense now, you ain't seen nothing. <laughs> when he was younger and he was just trying to get it, you know, earn his stripes there with Bill, this guy was a hurricane every day on the practice field, in the meetings, he gave you no room for error. And I mean none, zero. And I used to go home at night sometimes saying to my girlfriend, well, she's my wife now, I don't know if I can handle this guy. I don't know if, I, I don't know if, I'm, even, if I'm really cracked, you know, like made up to be coached the way this guy coaches. But, of course, you know, you stick with it. You keep battling. You keep trying to do things the right way. You keep trying to play to a standard that he that – he, um, he sets for you. You keep trying to be accountable because he demanded nothing, nothing less. Anything short of 100% accountability 
and doing it the right way was unacceptable to him. And then it clicked. I remember one time, one day sitting in the stretch line, you know, in, in the middle of the season, it was like halfway through the season in 1994 in Cleveland, and he used to walk up and down the stretch lines, you know, like coaches do always, you know, shooting the breeze with players and stuff and just saying stuff. And, you know, he used to say stuff like, hey, how you doing, 4-2, because that was my number. But he didn't really stop and talk because, you know, I was the third safety. I played sparingly, was on special teams. And he came up to me one day, and he stopped. And I see him standing there, and I'm thinking, you know, what, what the hell does he want? Like, what, what do I do now? And he kneels down, and he goes, you have a big role this week. I'm counting on you. You've earned it. And I'm looking around like, is he talking to me? <laughs> and, and, and I'm just like looking at him, and he looks at me, and I look up at him, and he's like, you heard me, right? And from that point on, he talked to me different. He would say, give me a little, you know, coaching points differently. There was no more yelling and screaming because I had earned his respect. And because I, he saw that I was trying to do it the way he wanted to have it done. And then I saw myself having success. So he saw my confidence growing. And so, and it just kind of built and then built and it built and it built to the point where two of the last games that he coached in Cleveland before he went to Michigan State were two of my best games as a professional. Both of them in the playoffs. One of win, we beat the New England Patriots when Drew, Drew Bledsoe was a rookie. And I had like 10 tackles and an interception. Played my ass off. And the next week, we lost to the Steelers in Three Rivers for the third time that year. And I had like 12 tackles at halftime, 10 tackles at halftime. And then he left. He announced that he was going to Michigan State after that. And I remember thinking, just when I had just kind of gotten the good graces of this dude, and I felt like if I could just be coached by this guy, now, with the way we communicate now, there's no telling what I could do. He leaves. And I remember I, I tell him that every time I'd see him, I said, you know, just when I started getting good, man, you left. And he always <laughs> would laugh about it. And he would be like, I always respected how you played the game and how you tried to do it the right way. And he goes, and I said, Nick, you almost broke me. He goes, really? I said, yeah, dude. He goes, I was just trying to get you to realize how good you could be. And, like, every time Bama would come on TV – I was always rooting for them. I, I mean, some people go, damn, you, go, you didn't even go to Alabama. Why do you cheer for them like that? <laughs> so it wasn't because of Bama. It was because of how he treated me and how in this world, y'all know this too. Y'all know this. There ain't enough meritocracies around regardless of what profession you're talking about. There's too much political BS. There's too much friends taking care of friends, people getting handed stuff people being allowed to do stuff simply because of their relationship with certain people or how much money they make, whatever it is with Nick. It was simply about if you earn my trust and you prove that you can be counted on to play, you know, to a certain standard over and over again, I will play you. And he did that. And that's why I had ultimate respect for him. And that's why I always have ultimate respect for him. And I hate the fact that he retired, but man, like I said, the guy has earned an absolute mint in terms of money, and now he can go and enjoy it and drive around in those Ferraris and that Ferrari dealer he owns and Mercedes dealer. He, he can do whatever the hell he wants. So it's uh, it's kind of cool for me, and it's kind of sad for me all at the same time. Yeah, that was a great, great perspective. Hey, Lewis, I don't think anybody could have said it better if somebody had that kind of relationship with him then and even now. Really appreciate the time because we know it's been a busy day for you. We won't keep you too long after that. So take care and be well. We'll talk to you soon, Lewis. Thanks a lot. Appreciate y'all. Thanks. Yeah, Lewis Riddick, ESPN NFL front office insider. By the way, from the We Know This Now So You department. 
six Nick State was hired at Alabama back in 2007. There have been 54 different SEC head coaches. That's not including interim head coaches. Since Nick Saban was hired at Alabama 17 years ago, Harry, there have been 54 different head coaches in the Southeastern Conference. Wow. Longevity. I think it's also a sense, Freddie, we, we have to start living in the moment and enjoying greatness when we see it and not take it for granted. Because I'll tell you right now, I, I feel like Lewis. Like I, mm-hmm. It's like something in my stomach right now because I call it, cover college football so closely. Yeah. yeah. And when you have one of the pillars, one of those staples of college football, now retiring, it's not going to be out there anymore. It, it, it kind of brings some sadness to you. You're happy for them and their decision. Absolutely. But it brings you a sense of sadness. And, and you say to yourself, man, did I appreciate him the way I should have? Or did I take it for granted? Guys like Nick Saban, they don't grow on trees. And when you have a chance to see how, what's tr- how much shade that tree has, you enjoy to embrace it, whether you're on one side or the other side. Weigh in at 888-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Nick Saban announces his retirement from college football. What do you have to say about that at 888-729-3776? You'll be heard next on Freddie and Harry. Thanks for listening to the Freddie and Harry podcast on ESPN Radio. You can also listen to Freddie and Harry live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch and listen on the ESPN app, the Freddie and Harry podcast.